Welcome to episode 14 of What's That Sound podcast. My name's Stu Watts, and today I talked with Mixed by Trey, who is a Melbourne-based mixing and mastering engineer. We talked about having great communication with your clients, which then allows you to have potentially uncomfortable conversations. And we talk heaps about mixing and mastering. So if you love mixing and mastering, this is an episode for you. Stay tuned. This is episode 14 of What's That Sound podcast. You're listening to What's That Sound with your host, Stu Watts. Welcome everyone to another episode of What's That Sound. My name's Stu Watts. Today I'm here with Mixed by Trey. Welcome. Hey, how are you? (laughs) Good, man. Thanks for joining us today. Of course, of course. Thanks for having me here. No worries, no worries. Um, let's get into it. Kick it mm-hmm. off with uh, a bit of an about you, who some of the people you've worked with, what you do in the industry, that sort of thing. Um, okay, well, I'm a mixing and mastering engineer. Um, I'm originally from Queensland. Um, I've been here for about four, four years now. Mm-hmm. Um, some people I've worked with. I work with a lot of independent artists in Melbourne. Yep. Um, some names that some people might know are like Oliver Munn, uh, Remedy, um, it's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah um, no, it's, it's, hard. it's hard to, it's hard to bring it down. Yeah. But yeah. Just a lot of different sort of independent artists. Nice. Nice. Try. Yeah, man. You've been, uh, very active from what I've seen, you know, obviously working closely with Matt and AU dollars and stuff. He's always, mm. you know, letting me know about, you know, engineers and producers that are working with people in the scene and stuff. And your, your name, uh, is on a lot of those artists that he likes, uh, to, to showcase on AU dollars yeah, and stuff like that. No, stuff. It's pretty sick. That, that man is tapped in. <laughs> he definitely is. Um, so let's take it back to the start, man. Where did music come into your life? Oh, damn. Um, I think music's always kind of like been around um, from like really young. I think like my parents just always like playing music. Yep. And then um, I remember from like an earlier age, like I had a, a friend who owned a drum kit and then that's kind of like where a bit more love and passion got into it. So I was actually like, I was actually like a drummer yeah. for like seven years um, yeah, early on in my uh, in my life. But you know, my, my parents used to, like, play a lot of, like, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blink-182. Love it. And a lot of, like, pop stuff, like the final countdown. And I remember my mom would always play, like, you know, those DVDs where they just have all the music videos. Yeah. And they play from, like... <laughs> the compilation Yeah, ones. the compilations, yeah. So that <laughs> was, like, that was, like, the Sunday ritual. My mom would be, like, cleaning the house and stuff and there would just be music on yeah. CD. So I think that's kind of, like, where, like, it started. Yep. And then I think... Through high school, it was always something that like just got me through mm-hmm. school. It was mm-hmm. just music, kind of mm-hmm. just being there. It was kind of like a um, like a, an escape really. And then um, I actually originally wanted to be a fighter pilot, right? Um, in the air force, so I studied extremely hard to like get into that position. Mm-hmm. And then I, I I like failed three questions short of one Damn. of their exams, and it was actually like a twelve month sitting period. To like re reset it. Wow. So in that twelve months, because I come from a small country town in uh, Queensland, it was kind of like, like oh, I need to get out of here. Yeah. Thing. And music was always like in the back of my mind. Like, you know, a lot of people always like, oh, the industry is so hard to get into. Like, you know. But I kind of was like, oh, might as well just give it a shot. And I was yeah. looking at like, um, like audio engineering, and I was looking at the degrees and that sort of stuff. So it was just kind of like, 
you know, or like, why not? You know, yeah. I enjoy maths and stuff. So yep. a lot of it was kind of like, oh, like if it, if it was to be me to be a part of the music, it's like, how do I become a part of that? And mm-hmm. I felt like possibly audio engineering could have been that like, mm. you know, that, that entry gateway, point yeah. to just being a part of something that's like it's cool. really important to me. I'm sure so. a lot of people can relate, especially with like, I don't know, the maths thing to me, it stands out. Like I'm, I was, I was okay at maths and I like yeah. that, like, you know, geeky side of music where it's mm. like, you know, based on science. You yeah. Know? And you don't think about it very no. often in that term, but it actually is. It's like, it's all scientific, it's, pretty, it's all mathematics. It's deep. It's like how yeah. can frequencies make you feel emotion, yeah. make you want to dance? Like that's always what kind of intrigued yeah, me. It's just yeah. like could have so many different sort of genres of mm-hmm. music and you know. so who were the early influences for you who what music like made you feel good at the, Ooh, you know, the teenage yeah. years yeah oh stuff? teenage years okay so teenage years it's for me music is just you know i kind of i like all different genres um i like respect all sorts of music but the most that i learned listen to around was actually like aussie hip-hop cool I grew up around like, you know, growing up a lot, listening to like 360, yep. like Illy, Pez, mm-hmm. um, horror show. Yeah, yeah. Like, because my brother, I've got an older brother and he was very much like, I think because of his age and stuff, it was just kind of like what everyone was listening to. Yeah. And yep, um, for sure. other than that, it was actually like a lot of like pop music, mm-hmm. you know, like we grew up around like the time where like LimeWire was a thing. Yeah, so. absolutely. You know, you'd be downloading all the latest sort of songs <laughs> and stuff. So I'd be listening to like a lot of like, you know, Akon, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yep, yep. So a lot of pop stuff as yeah. well. And I feel like that's where a lot of my inspiration comes from. Yep. That sort of like modern, the billboard sort of stuff. Sure, yeah. And then on the back end, it was just like Red Hot Chili Peppers and like like 182 where yep. I still have this like appreciation for high energy sort of like. Punk stuff, which is like so fun. And so you said you were looking into the audio engineering stuff. Did you actually study it? Um, Yeah, yeah. So I did study it. Um, I studied at SAE in Byron Bay. So I moved away at home at 18. So it was like six hours away. Um, My brother was studying cinematography at the time. Shout out Axel. I had to (laughs) crash with him for like a little bit trying to work out what I was going to do with my life. And um, yeah, so... Started studying there mm-hmm. and then through life and, you know, um, kind of like putting it aside and traveling and mm-hmm. coming back, I, I, I restarted studying in Melbourne and then further actually dropped out yeah, right. um, yep. to pursue music full time because yeah. I felt like everyone has their own opinion on Yeah, well, studying, I, I always like to explore that a know. bit. So like, you know, how did you feel about school? Like what did it, what were the positives and negatives? I think... You know, the main positives, like, would have been just, like, learning and getting into, like, the nitty-gritties of, like, studio, just so, you know, signal flow, like, the real basics. Yeah. But I feel like what they promoted, what you were going to have in the experiences wasn't kind of, like, aligning to what, like, I needed. Sure. And for me, being away from, you know, from somewhere, like, I moved to a place where I didn't know anyone, Mm. the main positive for me would have been meeting people, but I felt like I didn't have that enough I was meeting people that were kind of like wanting to do different things sure. than me so yeah. the collaboration wasn't necessarily there yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a bit of a shame you know I wanted to work with like hip-hop and modern stuff and yeah, yeah. people recording bands and stuff which is fine it's great to learn but it's just like 
it kind of can feel like a bit of a waste of your time yeah, in a way because exactly. you know, you, you've got this like picture of what you want to be doing mm. and every day that you rock up and you're like, I don't, it's, not it's it. just not right <laughs> on what I want to do. So you just yeah. feel like you're just sitting there. Fair enough, man. And mm. then, so from there, t- tell us about like how it started with the, the engineering, um, like as, you like know, how did I get into t- it? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So so basically around, yeah, around the time when I was living in Melbourne, um, I think it was like three, four years ago, I remember seeing like an Instagram, an Instagram sort of like ad kind of pop up mm-hmm. and it was um, Oliver Munn. And this was really earlier in his um, sort of SoundCloud days and mm-hmm. I remember just like listening to it and being like, this guy's got like potential. Yeah. And also I didn't have like a lot of friends. Yep. So I reached out and was like, hey man, like rah, 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 like this is what I do, like I'm kind of learning to be like a mixing engineer. Like, like, do you need a hand? Like, do you want to collaborate? Like, let's meet up and try and like, you know, see if we vibe type thing. And we ended up just creating like a really good friendship and we're really comfortable with each other. And then um, he originally wanted to, he was already planning because he is just like one of the hardest working people that I know. Yeah. Um, and he was like, I'm going to do a song a week for as long as I can. Yeah. And um, I think at uni at the start, because I was still at uni then, we were learning about mastering. Yep. So I understood like a like a similar sort of like understanding of like what to do to kind of make a track sound better. Sure. Um, and through uh, Olive's um, singles a week, I was mastering each of those singles, not necessarily mixing because yep. he was very particular with what he wanted, sure. which was fine because that trust grew a lot longer down the line. Mm-hmm. But it was just being a part of those singles and then, you know, DJing for some of his gigs and then, you know, because he was already in the scene and he had been in the scene for a long time. So I think that really kind of like helped me meet people and get my name out there a little bit more than what it was before. Yeah. Um, Well, I think also listening to his stuff is every song's different. Yeah. So you would have been. Super versatile. Yeah, well, that's it. And you would have been through just like that exposure to different, slightly mm. different styles each time, yeah. your ears would have been learning, okay, this sits in a different frequency. Yeah. How do I get it to either, you know, tame it or boost it no, or anything exactly. like that? And you would have been practicing. It was a, lo- practicing. a lot of experimentation. Like, yeah. not going to lie. Like, I listen back to those stuff and obviously I'm like, wow. <laughs> but at the time it was like, okay, we, we, it's better than what it was. So, yeah, you know, and from that he gained a lot of really, really good um, sort of like eyes on him as mm-hmm. well. And um, as we kind of grew together and then him getting his first like Spotify editorial and then mm-hmm. getting played on the radio and like all those sorts of things, it just kind of like really helped kind of put myself out there more. Yeah. Yep. And so to learn, you know, more in depth, was it all just like trialing stuff or was it a lot of like online tutorials, things like that? Oh, was- it was, yeah. I think it's like a, it was like a mix of everything really. Um, So I did have... I did learn mastering from like, you know, like someone and we we had like a mastering studio that we could use and um, learning those fundamentals and kind of breaking down that wall of like what mastering is. um, It kind of like opened up the opportunity to work with more artists and be like, oh yeah, like I can, I can master a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So before even becoming like a mixing and mastering engineer, it's because, you know, people didn't want to, um, pay for a mix because the mix price was like more than what the, my mastering price was going for. So a lot of people were hitting me up just for like 
easy masters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually, at the start, I was mastering a lot more songs than I was like mixing. Sure. So I ended up mastering like a hundred or something songs yeah, before wow. even like really getting the work in for like mixing. I sure. think yeah, it yeah. only like started after like me and um, Olive were like really like working on the people. You know, it's always like a weird thing trying to start making money from. Mm, you know, yeah. it's like where do you start? Like yeah, where do you absolutely. where do you put your where do you put your rates? Like how do you price yourself? Yep. Um, especially it's like you need experience, opportunities, and for sure, a lot of trial and error. Yeah, for sure. For sure. How lo- how long was that period of where you were like uncertain of it mm. until the point where you were like, no, I'm I'm very confident that this is my rate. Well, I think like now, I think it's taken me a long time. Yeah, it's it's obviously. I think in the industry that we're in, it's it's really hard because I'm working with so many independent people. It's like, you know, I'm not working with label budgets or anything sure. like that. So it's always like I, I try and make myself like ex- as accessible as possible. Yeah. Especially if it's music that I want to work on. Yes. Um, yep. I think it's really important to kind of help because at the end of the day, like I'm doing this full time and they're trying to be in a place where they're doing it full time. Absolutely. So it's like a... You know, symbiotic relationship. Oh, I really I want to help the community up. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, like, absolutely. Um, I won't grow myself more as an engineer as as long as this community keeps on growing. Yeah, as well. Like, I think people notice that. Um, you know, just based on experience and just seeing other people do things in whatever field they're in, whether it's mixing or whether mm. it's photography or anything like that. Yeah. I think you just see that the relationship part of it is so important. So important. And if you damage that by just being you know cut to the chase very yeah, transactional no, exactly people aren't really nah. going to vibe with you and they're not going to trust you necessarily yeah. as easy as they would if if you're you know mm. a good person yeah and that's not who, that's not who i am as well like it's it's hard like for me it's it's hard to kind of strictly make it just business as well I, i'm yeah. still in that learning curve of being a bit more like you know like Strategic. oh hey like you know this is more business orientated than like me being like a friend. Mm-hmm. And I've like had the, had the experience of like people walking over me and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you live and you learn. Yep. Um, Cause it, it is still a cutthroat industry. Yep. But um, well, I think end, it's yeah. the, the funny thing with like, it's not funny. It's like, it's, it's sort of, and, and this is, you know, a lot of the reason why I want to do this stuff is because I want to have more conversation around those sorts of things where mm. people can actually have an understanding of how do you address that conversation, you know? Oh, yeah. how, how do you actually talk about finances? How do you yeah, confidently hard. just say, let's let's have a chat, mm. let's figure out where you're at, where I'm at, and, yeah. and not have that, you know, uncertainty of am I getting walked over, mm. am I going to regret this, all those yeah. sorts of things, so... It's, it's like, a, I feel like there's like a big middle ground because there, there are a lot of clients that I have that are actually like close friends. I think with the, with my friends, it's harder to make that sort of conversation, but I'm realizing I'm gaining like a bit more self like worth as I like, I work in this industry where, um, you know, they trust me and mm. I trust them and that's, that should have like, that's, that's how it should be. I feel mm. like when someone doesn't have trust in you, that's when it becomes sticky and yeah. that's when there's issues. Absolutely. And um, that's where like so, clear yeah. communication right No, from the yes, start. exactly. It's yeah. Huge. So it's, important. Yeah, <laughs> so important because, you know, the stuff that you leave unsaid 
later comes back to bite you because, mm. and it's not necessarily through that other person's fault either. It's, yeah. you know, if you haven't talked about it, sometimes it's like, well, how are they to know as well? Yeah. And they might not know what is, especially if they're just starting out in their first mm. one or two, three years. No, exactly. It's like that you don't necessarily know what, is the right thing to do. So you just kind of do what you feel is like, I guess I'll do this. (laughs) So do you remember, um, um, do you remember having any like people that you looked up to in the first, you know, first few years of produce, uh, sorry, not producing, but mixing and and mastering were there, were there sonics that you were like, I need to get to that at all? Or or was it all just again, just, self like I'm discovering nah, I discovering think myself. it's always because yeah for for me like becoming more down the line with the mix scene like my appreciation appreciation for pop music is like on a mm. whole nother like level like mm. other than like after the years of diving in and really mm. kind of like understanding like these engineers can like really mm. they can do their job like mm. even though some people like in our field can really like argue about like uh, over compression all this stuff but i'm like hey if they can make a song that sounds great anywhere like props yeah you know like i you know you're like in like a coals and you hear something that's so like clear and stuff but then also yeah being able you know to work with so many different genres i i try and like have this sort of focus where it's like my inspirations of like pop so it's like for every song, it's just like I kind of want the vocals to be like really, really like upfront and yes. like present and like the focal point. Yes. And then it's everything else. Like vocals for me come first. Sure. And well, I was going to say yeah. that listening to, you know, your catalog, the the music that you work on isn't just in one genre. Yeah. Sure, it's, it's pop-based, right? And, yeah. And, you know, it's melodic and, mm. you know, intelligibility of vocals and, you know, clear – um, drum sounds, instrumentation. But I think what I like about it is it's not one set style sonically either. No. You know, your drum sounds aren't always the same. Yeah. You know, the, the way that the kick and bass aren't mixed uh, aren't mixed the same in every yeah. song and stuff like that. So yeah. is that intentional? Is it like I'm purely listening to what I'm given mm. and I'm addressing it from there, I'm feeling whatever? Yeah, it's, it's not, you know, every every song is different. And then I just think about the final outcome, like how is this song like meant to sound? Mm-hmm. But then like, yeah, like you were saying about communication, what does the client need it to sound like? Yeah. It's like what songs do you listen to? What songs do you like? Like, you know, wh- what song have you been like replaying nonstop? Yeah. Like tell me, tell me what it is because yeah. their expectation of this is what sounds good because it's what's like doing numbers or it's from like an A-plus artist that's kind of like the playing field mm-hmm. and you're trying to ma- match that competitively. It's really important. But, yeah, the, you know, differencing between like 808s and like bass guitars and like yeah. synths and all that sort of stuff. It's um, yeah. To me it's just like I try and do, you know, I, I do what sounds good and um, working with talented producers here and there as well. It's just like, you know, sometimes the beat doesn't need too much anyway. Just mm-hmm. a little rebalance and... You know, I, I learned from like just years on, you know, you used to just start from compressors on everything as well, yeah. EQs on everything. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, I feel like if it's kind of like there sonically mm-hmm. and you, they just need like a little bit of a, like a balance or, you know, c- compression here and there, multiband, like it's yeah, just like sure. you just do it. And then, but like intention to have that vocal be like sitting yeah. in the pocket. like So... Would you say then vocals are your favorite yeah. things to yeah, work on? Yeah, I love vocals. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about like, yeah. 
Yeah. What, what, what do you look for in a good vocal and what, what do you determine a bad vocal Ooh. that needs a lot of work? Yeah, that's a good question. I think because it's hard because I, I work, yeah, because the genres I work with, like you could listen to it and you could be like, oh, this is like you can tell that it's a one take, mm-hmm. but like some people's one takes are incredible. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And then you can hear those other takes where, for instance, Remedy, where she really, really like takes the time to perfect her takes and you can hear how much like effort she's put into those takes and it's incredible. Yeah. And her harmonies and everything, she's so pedantic about it, but like mm-hmm. in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Um so it's hard. I think, <laughs> I think at the moment it's the it's the artists that still don't have an understanding of like tune or sure. feel like auto tune can fix everything. Yep. And um, I try and like you know I always like a hundred percent honest with like my clients. I'm always like, hey, like you know this can be better. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if you have the time, you should try. Yeah. And I always give like you know like tips and tricks like oh you should try recording with autotune on even though you don't you don't need to have autotune but it'll help you learn what notes to hit yeah absolutely um it'll tell you if it's off yeah you get that feeling it'll tell of you if it's snapping. flat you can hear it yeah yeah, yeah. and some yep. people it's just a learning curve but yeah even even so like you know like I'm working with some trap artists as well like where recording situations aren't the best and most of the artists I work with are in bedroom studios yeah, yeah. it's just the you know, it's the nature of it's just, our industry. Yeah, yeah, it's just what it is like, yeah. especially after COVID. Um, uh, and then, yeah, I don't know. It's just really trying to like make that vocal sound as best mm-hmm. as it can. It doesn't matter where where it's come from. It is a fun thing with vocals when you when you do get them from you know different sources and stuff. Mm. And it, it is always it, it, like now that I think about it, like I always I always leave vocals to last because I want them to. Uh, like sit in the mix after I've mixed all the music. Yeah. And to me, that just makes sense yeah. um, to, to make it squeeze in. And then mm. I can easily tell if something's off in the yeah, music. Sure. It's like, okay, this is definitely clashing with the vocals or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, other people work different ways. But, but it is a fun thing to do when you get some vocals that are just like harsh in, you know, 3K or, or like <laughs> over compressed. It's like, cool now i get to do my job yeah i actually (laughs) get to like attack it and figure out what i need to do to get this to sound awesome yeah yeah super fun it's it's definitely like a learning curve especially with each song being different each artist being different each genre being different yeah for sure and it's like so fluid now yeah for sure hey thanks so much for listening so far there is plenty more to come so don't go anywhere I just wanted to let you know that this podcast is made completely independently by myself with no sponsors. So if you like what you hear and you would like to show your support, you can send a donation to the PayPal link, paypal.me slash what's that sound. The link is also in the show notes. Thanks so much for your support and let's get back to it. And um, let's get into your actual sessions. Mm. Um, Do they look the same all the time? Do you have templates set Mm. up? Like how do you start a session? Yeah, I've got like a basic sort of template and it's more just like a few like return channels with like parallel compression and that sort of stuff. But I try not to like, you know, I don't want it to be like the same each time. Yeah. But I think my workflow is, is that especially with the type of music that I'm working on, um, even though, like like you said, it still kind of comes back to that, like, vocal pop sort of mm-hmm. stuff. But, you know, I just drag in the stems, I check it all out, mm-hmm. and then, like you, I, actually, I do, like, work around the beat first and get the beat hitting nice, and then it's, like, vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then it's kind of like a because I started with like kind of mastering songs, I have this like overview of I want to I want it to sound like the final like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's so important that the artist isn't like, oh, this is going to get fixed in the master because totally. the people's misconception of like what mastering is, it's like very um can be like debilitating sometimes as well. Yeah, because I guess, you know, unless you've actually looked into it, you, you have no idea. You have no is. idea, no. <laughs> and people can explain it to you, but it still yeah, doesn't necessarily it doesn't, make sense. No. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. You, you know, like still like a good master can really like do wonders on a song as well. Like yeah. you can definitely, you know, you, you can like miss something that gets picked up and stuff. And I'm still yet yeah. to kind of shop around and I've had some bad experiences with like other mastering engineers and right. these were like people with like platinum records and right, stuff right, and I'm just right. like, wow. you know, it's a shame because I, I would like, you know, love to learn something from that mm-hmm. but then you get it back and it's like why does it sound like this? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're like it doesn't like we had some um, on Oliver Munn's like EP mm-hmm. um, so I mixed the entire project and the entire project was mastered by this guy who was working with his team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can just hear that he didn't care. Mm-hmm. And that hurts my soul. Yeah. You get, yeah. And they, they put it out anyway. And you can hear like pumping on one of the songs. Yep. And I'm like, how, how do you miss this? Yeah. How do you have the single be like, you know, extremely loud and then everything else is like mm. lacking, like doesn't have the same polish. I'm like, it's, it's an interesting one. I feel like, yeah, you, you, you can tell, I think you can tell as well. And that's why it's so important that you can find, you know, personnel that work with mm. you. And yeah. yeah, it's, 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 it's cool to try different things out and, you know, you never know what you're missing, but once you've got the people that you that you can trust, like, no, exactly. and, and just nail it every time. Yeah. Like, you're yeah, like, you're I know this is going to work. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. But um, I think w- you made another Im- important point that, you know, having the good source material so that you can have an easier mix, mm. you know, I think is really important. And a lot of yeah. that time it comes back to the mixing engineer of, of educating the artist yeah, and, exactly. and being like, like you said, with the auto tune or, yeah. you know, mic technique or, you know, yeah, it's even. So, it's so particular. But like at the is, end of yeah. the day, it's like, if this is a client that's going to stick around, it's going to make my job easier. It's going to make their work better. Yes. Like I feel like at the, at the moment I've never, there's a lot of finicky things that I don't do. Like I don't do recording. Like I'm, I don't, I'm not, I don't enjoy recording as yep. like an engineer. Yeah. Um, I feel like sometimes I just don't have the energy to, to help the artist get to what they need. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it's like the, as simple as like timing and vocal editing and like cutting out breaths and stuff. So each artist is different. One artist might want their breaths, one artist might not. So it's yeah. like, you know what, I'm not going to deal with that as sure. like an engineer. you could, they, The artist can do that. They can deal with that. They can cut it and like fix it up. And if it's something that I feel like, you know, something's clipping or something, like I can just fix it quickly. Sure. Yeah. But in terms of like tune, um, the timing and the vocal editing, I yeah. leave that up to the artist now because yeah. I'm Love just it. like it – if if I change the timing and the timing's wrong, it's, like, my fault. Mm. So it's, like, it's better to, like, help the artist kind of understand that, you know, that stuff in terms of, like, structure and everything as well Yeah, can, like, be all them. And, yep. and so it's when it comes to me, it's well. easy, yeah. It's, it's really empowering, I think, for an artist. From my experience, artists want to learn as well. Like, everyone no, exactly. just wants to do the best that they can do. Yeah. And if we can be people 
you know, whether it's our job or not, whether we can educate people on, hey, maybe next time do this, do that. Yeah. It actually lets them mm. know that you care yeah. for one. And yeah, like you said, you just get a better result. It yeah. empowers them. They feel more confident when they're sending you stems as well. Mm, exactly. You just notice over time when you've been working with people and you and you communicate heaps and you give them feedback and they give you feedback that it just gets easier mm. and they actually feel better about sending something to you. Yeah, more trust. More trust. More and trust. in the start, you know, they, they might be like, oh, it's not right. It doesn't, you know, I need you to do this. I need it. And then they need, once it's like six or seven or eight songs in, yeah. they're like, do you think? Because yeah. you know exactly what I want. No, exactly. And it's just so much better. It's, it's a beautiful feeling as well to have like an artist kind of like really kind of trust you or, you know, they understand that you know what they want and what sound or what effects to use and what sort of space. And, but yeah, just, yeah, it's that relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's like for me, I'm trying to build as many relationships with as many people as possible in that sense to, you know, help, yeah, help yeah, the community. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Do you have any sort of, um, you know, I hate the word, but hacks of things that you've learned over time that have sped up your workflow? Ooh. Yeah, I think like a good mix bus for sure. Um, and then, you know, if something is like, because your mix bus can totally shape the entire song mm-hmm. as well. It was, for me, what took my mixes to the next level was understanding multiband compression. Yep. To me, that was kind of like never really something that I even kind of knew of until mm-hmm. I saw like Alex Toomey like talk about sure, like yeah. the C4 or yeah. something, you know. Yep. And I was like, I was like, oh, yeah. And then understanding, understanding that sort of process helped me understand compression even further. Totally. Which was, it's, it's, uh, it's what I needed. <laughs> it's like, it's, you it, know. I mean, compression is hard enough. No, like, I know. Like you, it takes years to fully grasp it. Yeah. Like I don't know anyone that gets it straight yeah. away. Uh, a good way to explain it is if you've got a signal, um, the compressor is giving that signal a hug <laughs> and the attack is like how quickly you hug. <laughs> And then the release is how, like, quickly you let go of that hug. That's the I best way that That's great. I could visually kind of sense, like, you know, you're yeah. giving the signal a hug. Yeah. That compressor, that was, that was the easiest way because it took me a long time or from starting studying to kind of, like, understand, like, what I was hearing. Mm-hmm. And it does take, like, a while to kind of, like, mm-hmm. do that. Multiband's but huge though. Multiband is huge, a yeah. ma- I use it yeah. in mixing in ex- all multiband, the time. Like with like expansion as well. Expansion, whatever it needs. It's and you can use it as an EQ tool as well. Yeah, it's exactly. crazy. It's like yeah. it it can so easily sh- it's like a one tool that can really significantly shape each yeah. individual channel, each bus yeah. and the master bus. To, to gold. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it it's is. so good. It is. So if you haven't like taken note. Learn yeah. multiband. Multiband, yeah. <laughs> Especially with the artists who are doing it themselves. Like, you know, understand multiband, understand what it's doing to your vocals. Don't overuse it, but... Yeah, because you, know, you can understand. quite easily yeah, t- you get can out wreck. of control with yeah, it. Yeah, I've, I've done that many times. Yeah, for sure. You know, you realize, you're like, oh, why does my vocal sound kind of lifeless? Mm-hmm. And then I, like, look at my chain and then realize that my multiband is, like, going decibels of compression. crazy <laughs> the entire, like, frequency. I'm like... Uh, yep. let's just bypass those ones and then yep. it just opens up. Yeah, for sure. Let's get nerdy. Let nerdy? us <laughs> expand on uh, some of your favorite pieces of gear. Do you yeah. use any hardware? No, I don't, no? sadly. No? That's cool. I mean, like, other than my um, UAD, like Apollo. Yep. Um, 
yeah, I've just got my trusty monitors. I've got a pair of um, Focal PK Alphas. Cool. And I, I don't think they make them anymore. I think they right. stopped. I think they, like, released a new monitor, which is a bit scary because I'm like, these are great. Yeah. So maybe they, like, I don't know, made them better. Focal's crazy. I've, yeah. I've, I, I haven't – I've listened to them in another mm. studio. I haven't owned them. These are – the only uh, monitoring setup that I've ever had. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's awesome. What what do you like about the focals? Is it? I don't know. I think like when I first started using them, it was just like I was hearing. I think it's just like as you go down that like level of you know more expensive like mm-hmm. monitoring systems and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And because, like, I, I, I do everything at my bedroom still. Yep. Um, I feel like it was a very like good sort of like flat. Mm-hmm. and the tweeters were really, really nice and just mm-hmm. the overall sound and, you know, the width and stuff just kind of felt perfect and now it's like, you know, I've been working with them for two years and yeah. it's just like I've really kind of like enjoyed listening to music on them and yeah. if I get a mix like that's sitting nice yep. and I'm like enjoying it, yep. I'm like, okay, yeah, I yep. trust this. I know it's going to be like, you know, it's going to be really good in the car. and Absolutely. And that's one of those yeah. things over time that, in itself is somewhat of a hack is like learning your mm. or like monitoring setup, yeah. monitoring whether space, that's headphones everything. or speakers or mm. your room or any, all of that stuff is so important yeah. to translating mix elsewhere. And yeah, yeah like you course. said, once you know, Ooh, I'm always pushing up a hundred Hertz in the kick or something like that. Yeah. Better not do that in the future. Yeah. It just makes your mixing process so much and mastering no, process does. so much quicker. So yeah, love that. What about, uh, let's, uh, let, let's go into plugins, uh, mm. EQ. Mm-hmm. What are some uh, of your favorite EQs? Uh, I think like the pro, like pro Q3, like always, I think that's like a very like basic stock standard for, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's like really helpful. Um, even though you, you know, visually it can be like a, you know, an easy hack to like see mm-hmm. sort of like what's, what's like happening. And mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. when you're like referencing other songs, you just slap it on. It's got the analyzer. You mm-hmm. can be like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I can see that they've dipped here mm-hmm. to leave more room for that. So you can mm-hmm. just do that on your yep. own. Yep. But um, yeah, like I've always used a Pro Q3. Um, in terms of like vintage EQs, like the Pultec. Um, Pultec's a big one because pop vocals. Oh yeah. Um, and, and kick then, and bass. And the kick and bass, yeah. That like, you, you know, the boost attenuate trick. It's godly. Yeah, it's so good. Godly. Kicks, yeah. It's good. And bass, like bass, live bass. Yeah. Just to get that fullness, mm-hmm. you like boost like the thirty hertz. And yeah, it just feels it's so good. Warm. Well, yeah. so like sometimes as well, like like through through like mastering people, it's mm-hmm. just like you know sometimes like you know you, you get a song and it's just like lacking a lot of low end, and mm-hmm. you're like really confused of like why, and it's just like yeah, you just. And I think some people, you know, you hear it. that classic, uh, put a high pass on everything that you hear like so often yeah, and you also hear everyone dismissing it so yeah. often. So it must be really hard for, for people that are f- first starting out. I can't yeah. remember what I did when I first did it, but you know. Hey, like sometimes it, you know, again, like if you can't hear it, then either it, it'll add up as well. But sometimes mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, sometimes you don't have to overthink those sort of small things. Like, yeah. You know, your consumers aren't listening in a space that has perfect subs. Yeah, They're yeah. probably listening in a car with blown subs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, they or can't like even hear the bass. AirPods that yeah, are exactly. getting that much bass anyway. Yep. But, yeah. I think I want to come back to something that you said about the Pro-Q, which is great, is you're using it as a learning tool. Yeah. You know, you're actually yeah. evaluating what other people's mixes are doing. Yeah. 
by just using the analyzer. It's yeah. such a simple thing to yeah. do, but it, it it expands your understanding of music and, mm. and sonics and yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's yeah. really it's helpful. Yeah. You know, like yep. Yeah, you can like hover over the frequencies and it can be like, oh yeah, you know, these frequencies are boosting for whatever reason. And if you do struggle with like learning like what frequencies are what, mm-hmm. like it helps visually. Yeah, absolutely. So I, so- I feel like everyone I feel like, like, like everyone that. should get the Fab Filter plugins because they're so. they're a like really, really good um yep. investment. Absolutely. What about compression? Mm, I'm I'm still using like a bit of the waves, like my go to compressors. Uh, Arvox, mm-hmm. and then uh, 76, and then like a LA-2A, mm-hmm. um, like all UAD, except for the Arvox. There's something about it that gives mm-hmm. it like a nice like front in your face, yeah. quick, easy. Um, sometimes it can be too much, but, yeah, you know, other than that, sometimes like on the SSL, I have like a lot of, I've got the Plugin Alliance bundle, so yep. they've got some yep. great emulators yeah, of the absolutely. SSL. Absolutely. Um, and then I was like a nice compressor. You know, yeah. I like. What do you I like, like using that on? Because I've I've always found the SSL compressor extremely difficult. To use. <laughs> I don't I think, think like, I don't like it like, on much. I think like rap vocals. Mm. You know, it just like gives it that sort of sound mm. that um is very like, you know, thanks to like people like Alex Sume mm. who have mm-hmm. just mm. used the SSL and mm. they've shown that it's like a and that's what I've like come to realize as well is that the EQs that you use mm. it really de- determines on the sort of genres. Yep. Um, cause sometimes it's like some people want that really like high cut, mm. bright mm. vocals. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's like, yeah, like you can use the pull deck to make it more full and yeah. boost attenuate again. And yep. Yep. so, yeah, but compressors, yeah. LA2A yeah. is definitely like, yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's I've had nice. so Something many people it. on this podcast say that and I, I just need to use it more. I think like, yeah. cause, cause I like it. I've just never loved it. Yeah. And I really think that I should just go deep just into the, it. Every the time final, I hear final chain source. Yeah. Every time I hear, you know, obviously multiple people saying the same thing, but also when I'm like, I don't fully get it, that's mm. when I really think that I need to dive deeper. Yeah. In but it. also, you yeah. might not need it. That's like, true. I, f- I feel like for me, it really like helps kind of smoothing out mm-hmm. some like dynamics and mm-hmm. it might be the thing that like kind of like turns it over to where the vocals need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're like, um, experimenting with like where you put it in the chain as well, but usually like at the end, mm-hmm. um, it just has like a final sort of like mm-hmm. pumping sort of like yeah. control. Yeah. But if you're going for more dynamic things, maybe you don't need it mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be doing like, oh, I don't know. Compression is such a weird conversation because, <laughs> you know, I, f- I might feel like I'm doing like, you know, not, not a lot of compression compared to like other people. And then some yep. people are like, that's a lot of compression. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I know. It's potato, funny. I potato. think it's like it's obviously source dependent. Yeah. And it's at, again, does it sound good? Yeah. Simple no. Exactly. Yeah. Do you like the sound? Yeah. And y- does the artist like it? Does the artist like it? Yeah. And our tastes change over time. No. Exactly. So we're, again, we're going to listen back in five years and go, yeah. "Fucking used to use yeah. that all the time. Why did I use yeah. that all the time?" I've cut but back. Yeah. I've cut back on a lot of compression mm. recently. This year, this last year, um, I went to America for a little bit and learned a lot and came back and realized that there was a lot of things that I was missing, mm. which was super, super good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. yeah, compressions, yeah. Any other uh, Desert Island uh, plugins that you're like – Oh, Desert Island plugins. Uh, mm, I mean, the God Particle is pretty good. I'm not going to lie. On the mix bus? On the mix bus, mm-hmm. yeah. It's nice. Mm. It's nice. Mm. And, like, again, like, visually, like, 
you know, if Jason Joshua has set up a thing that says, like, if you need more bass, he'll tell you if there's more bass. It's kind of like an easy being like, okay, this is the ballpark for, like, one of the, you know, one of the biggest, most successful, like, engineers. Yeah, absolutely. It's, like, it's there for you, yeah. um, which yeah. I think is great as mm-hmm. well. And it's, especially for people who don't understand it as well, I think it's, like, a, a great way to send off demos and yeah. for producers even to put it on their um, – mix bus for like their songs like mm-hmm. they'll understand that it like and it'll it'll like really you know excite it and control and brighten it up and then mm-hmm. so I th- i've been using that a lot yeah the limiter on it i'm kind of skeptical about still mm-hmm. as like a lot of people might be but mm-hmm. um i think this is a great plugin Love it. and they just brought out a vocal like a vocal um plugin as well cool. That's like a CLA vocal right. um, that does like everything yeah, yeah. and it's like low latency. Yeah. I haven't tried it yet, but yeah. I think, you know, I think if they're, ki- I think the they're killing it. Yeah, I think yeah. they're killing it. Yeah, it's not from Jason Joshua. It's from uh, Lewis Bell, okay. Lewis Bell, I think. And he like does Post Malone stuff. Cool. And so, you know, again, yeah. another like God. So yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think what other plugins. Um, what about distortion reverbs? Distortion. Yeah, definitely Decapitator. Yep. Um, the sound toys plugin. I can't live without little altar boy mm. and um, micro shift as well is a great mm-hmm. one that I use on backings mm-hmm. to sp- like, you know, to use as like a double yeah. up. It's really yeah, yeah. nice. Yep. Um, especially if you have like a client that like sends like not a lot of layers, it really gives it like that depth of like, Oh wow. Like mm-hmm. that just added so much more yep. interest to the mix. Yep. Um, Love it. Yeah. There's so many, Yeah, I know. <laughs> there's so many and everything's different, but, well, I, I, like, there's another question that I ask um, that is another difficult question. But mm. what what do you feel like is a good mix when you either oh. hear a professionally done mix or yeah. even something that you've worked on? Mm. What what is it about that mix that you're like? I think nailed it. I think like there's something to do with like the space used, mm-hmm. and um, if everything is kind of like. Okay, for me personally, it's can I hear the vocals? Mm-hmm. That's like a big mm-hmm. thing for me because a lot of the older sort of songs and, you know, props to – it's definitely genre-based as well, but yeah. a lot of the music that I grew up on, you kind of can't hear the vocals mm-hmm. sometimes and that's a shame because I, I feel like me coming from my background, it's like I want to hear the vocals mm-hmm. and from a producer's perspective, it might be the other way. You want to hear the really, really like cool synth idea that you put in um, – but for me, it's just like the vocals and how like how everything is balanced is really important. Mm. And if I can hear the bass, like I do like I do like sub, I do like bass. So like if the bass is hitting nice in the car and you can hear the vocals mm. and the production and there's like a lot of ear candy, like creative mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if you listen to a lot of like hyper pop. I've, I've dabbled. You've, I've dabbled. <laughs> like the creative sort of world mm. that is now music is it's oh, insane yeah. it's hard to keep yeah. up sometimes oh, as yeah. well um i have some friends that are s- extremely talented yeah in that sort of realm where yeah. it's like how did you yeah. make that sound yeah, yeah yeah that's that's to me is some of the most fun stuff that i can do in a production is like mm. How do I like spice this up? How yeah. do I get creative yeah. and just flex that muscle that you don't get no, to flex exactly. very often when you're just recording or, you know, or like even mixing is like, it's so important that you impart like your creativity mm, on it. Of course. You know, yeah, absolutely. Always. It's important to, 
get what the artist wants, but it's like mm-hmm. if we can't if we can't show our character through the work that we do, yeah. it won't it won't be as impactful. No, no, in my of opinion. course. It's like it's just asking you to do your job and you know, very grateful to do the work oh, yeah, that sure. we do. But then yeah, like having you and having the trust to be creative mm-hmm. and to do our thing, it's like it's it's good. It feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, it makes it like a bit more worth it because yeah. it's like, oh, I'm actually going to put myself into this song. Yep. Um, like they don't mind if you, you know, it's a, if you hear something, you just do it, right? Yep. And if they don't like it, then that's yep. cool. But And again, um, the communication thing's huge. Communication is huge. Like, I, I always like to, you know, and I've heard people making multiple mixes, which to me is a lot of effort, but I'd rather just say, hey, I did this in the second verse. Let me know what you Is it too much? Yeah. I can dial it back. That's what I say. I I always go crazy on the first mix. Yeah. And then we dial it back. It's better to like experiment and it's like if I'm in the zone and I'm feeling something and Mm -hmm. something works out Mm -hmm. and um it feels right to me. Mm -hmm. But then like it it obviously like sometimes it doesn't work out for the client, then that's Mm -hmm. cool. Like Mm -hmm. we tried. Yeah, yeah. I tried. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's all part of the creative process. No, exactly. Um before I finish up, I always like to ask, um, Advice for first of all engineers, mm-hmm. and then what advice you can give to artists as well. Oh, that's a hard one. Mm. Engineers and artists. Um, I think for engineers, just like trust your ears and collaborate. Um, it doesn't hurt to send your music to other people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they're consumers or they're other engineers. Mm-hmm. I think the only way that you can improve is through collaboration. I think I like I wouldn't be where I am without my like solid sort of like circle of like artist mm. engineer producers. Um, so that's extremely important. And then for artists as well, I think listen to your favorite artists and like kind of like take away from what they're doing. You know, if there's like a nice layer that you can hear them doing, implement that implement that into your own song. Like mm. I feel like some a lot of people are trying to kind of like steer from like copying but you can always take inspiration Mm -hmm. um and it really can like take your song to the next level as well um just like listening to yeah i think like layers is extremely important as an artist Mm. um love that yeah it gives it so much more dimension yeah 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 Um, yep beautiful yeah that's that's, cool yeah I love it, man. Well, um, where can people find you online if they want to get in touch, if they want to keep up with you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at uh, AOTrae. So it's A-Y-O-T-R-A-E-E. And, um, yeah, I think that's uh, the only place you can find me at the moment. Beautiful. No, that's Thank good, you man. so much, too. Thanks Thank- for having me. Oh, you're very this. welcome. Thank you. It was my pleasure. And, um, yeah, we'll uh, stay in touch and we'll um, keep everyone updated with anything that happens in the future with you. And uh, awesome. uh, thank you all for taking some time out to listen or watch uh, the podcast. means the world. Uh, if you haven't yet, hit subscribe or follow. Um, you can stay up to date with all the new releases and share it with a friend. That's how we can get the word out to as many people as possible. That is the goal. We want to share this to the world. So share the knowledge. that's it. Well, yeah, thank you. And we will see you next time on What's That Sound Podcast. Thanks for listening to What's That Sound. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe on your podcast platform to stay up to date with each new episode. We'll catch you next time.